0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson. Here to get your weekend started right with those week 7 locks. Thank you to all of you that are tuning in at youtube.com slash cover3. Watching us live uh, as we get our cards set as we continue this competition for the uh, the entire college football season, uh, let us begin as we always do, updating on last week's results. Tom had the best record of anybody on the show last week. It was five and four. Uh, the wins include Nebraska plus three and a half, the over forty six in Akron Bowling Green, the Utah plus three and a half, and UTSa plus three and a half. Caught a push with San Jose State, Colorado State under forty six. The losses were the uh, the Red River under. Uh, I'll I'll let you see if you want to comment on your live story as well. Uh, <laughs> the under forty one and a half in Iowa, Penn State, the under sixteen and a half Texas A and M team total. They did finish with forty one uh, and oh in the 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 Fighting Illini plus ten and a half. How we feeling after the best card of last week? here on the lock spot.
1: I can't believe you shorted me my Michigan State Rutgers under. Wow. Wow. Michigan
0: State Rutgers under 50 and a half.
1: Yeah, unders. that's right. That's right. I got that one right. Uh, no, my my OU Texas story is I lost three bets on that game because I lost the pregame under 63 and a half, although I had it at 64 earlier in the week. Then I lost a live
2: 84 and a half, and I lost a live 93 and a half. Mm. Uh, I'll piggyback on that. I took a couple lives, too. Like, the quick touchdown, you're thinking, oh, perfect. Get it up a little bit. I think I chased it to 77, 78, somewhere in there. 77 and a half took the under after the first quarter, and it just kept going downhill. I was really tempted to keep chasing, and then eventually I just threw in the towel. I was like, oh, this could. But there was like there was a scenario when it was 28-7. You're like, maybe you just get a lopsided blowout, and mm-hmm. you you crush it. But, of course, we know what happened and... Chasing it was not the way to go. Texas tackling,
0: Texas tackling (laughs)
2: happened. Texas tackling happened. Texas also, like I, I caught a live forty-eight
3: and a half team total under for Texas there, and like somehow they just didn't finish it out. So I I lost the ninety-one and a half and the seventy-eight and a half live, and then I also hit a Texas or an Oklahoma one sixty and one eighty live money line when they put uh, Williams in.
0: Uh, all right. So Chip had a three and five week. The wins were Iowa minus one and a half, and Nebraska plus three and a half. That was a, a lock agreement with Tom, and Virginia plus two and a half coming back against Louisville. Taking the L with uh, Tulane plus seven, taking into L, a lock fight L against DK as I was on Texas plus three and a half, Alabama minus 17 and a half. Yeah, we all know how that went. Also on the Illini and uh, Rutgers plus five and a half. uh, No cover there. I'm uh, 27 and 30 on the season, but that is not last place uh, on the podcast. (laughs) Let's turn our attention to cold-blooded. Especially after a lock fight loss. I shouldn't be talking like that. Uh, Danny was also three and five on the week. The wins were a lock fight win against chip Arizona state minus 12 and a half going out for Herm. And we're still got sparky helmet up in the Mm -hmm. background. If you're watching on youtube.com slash cover three in a massive Pac 12 South battle, we'll see if that's on the agenda. Uh, the under, 65-and-a-half in North Carolina, Florida State, also a win. Uh, SMU did not cover against Navy. Ole Miss did not cover against Arkansas. And then Auburn could not cover. Also, the UConn uh, UConn, UMass over 56 was a loss. Uh, Thoughts, notes on the uh, the week that was.
2: So, Locktober, off to a little bit of an auspicious start. I will say this. You know, it's hard to go back-to-back. You get a little complacent. I know Barton might have eked out one at the end, but if you combine the money line sprinkles, we all know who the champ was last year. <laughs> so it's hard to go back to back. I'm going to have to have a little talk with my team, make sure we're dialed in. You know, it's a rough start, but we're going to finish strong. Convinced of it.
0: Uh, Bud, it was three and four on the week. That brings him to 39 and 30 on the season. Uh, the wins were a lock fight win on that San Jose State, Colorado State total which, oh, that was I, I hadn't even been tracking that one. Tom, Bud. So you got the different numbers where Tom got it at 46, Bud got it at 45, a win for Bud, a push for Tom. Very, very interesting in the closing moments. I had not been paying attention to that in the closing parts of Saturday. All right, Virginia team total over 31 and a half. Brendan Armstrong still slanging it. Akron plus 14 and a half. Also win the losses were the UConn UMass over 56 the Michigan team total under 27 and a half. Uh, you were also on Tulane plus seven. I believe that was a Thursday night game where they were not covering. So, uh, thoughts as we begin to, uh, turn the page and get into week seven.
3: Yeah. So, um, obviously I, I was going to be really, really ticked if that Virginia team total didn't hit. Cause they had like 600 yards. I'm like, really, you guys are going to do this to me. You're going to put up 600 you know, yards and then have like 28 points. And then they, they score at the end, which was good. Um, I would play Michigan team total under again based on how they moved the ball. Uh, Tulane, even though I got a good number, that was definitely the wrong side. And Ole Miss, you know, under 35 and a half, they scored like 50. So clearly, you know, I was very wrong about that. Although scoreless first quarter, I was like, oh, I was feeling pretty good. And they, they dropped 50-something in the remaining three quarters. That was uh, – Arkansas's defense might be kind of fraudulent, actually. like I know Ole Miss's offense is good, but they look like crap.
1: But uh, well, we will so, see. Not a great week. I am so ticked off still about that Colorado State San Jose State game because
3: what
0: was the story of it? Oh, and the UConn thing with the COVID. Yeah. I was I was
3: running errands for my wife on a Friday when I got the COVID notification. I was like, "Damn it!" Like, that, <laughs> like got a defensive line coach as the interim head coach and the, like the offensive tackles and guard her out.
1: This is not getting to the over. I knew I was cooked. But I, it was Colorado State thirty-two to seven. And then San Jose State scored on a 34-yard pass and with like a minute left to make it 32-14. But So I got, I got that push when it felt like it was going to be an easy win. And then the San Jose State just scored, gets Bud the win, gives me a push, destroys me. But I also feel like I was probably deserved it because Colorado State kicked one, two, three, four field goals, six total, but they kicked four field goals of under 30 yards in that game. Oh. <sighs>
0: Hey, that's why you get with uh, Steve dudes. Adazio unders. That's a dudes very Steve dudes. Adazio approach.
2: <laughs> dudes, being dudes.
0: All right, y'all ready? to Turn the page to uh, week seven.
1: Yep. We're picking locks.
2: My blue plate special five star locks are coming
1: since 2005 when Service Academy's. Go well,
0: get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. The
1: under is 33,91. We've gone over a million times.
3: You lock
0: like these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and
2: dying every, every point, every cover.
0: Okay, let's, uh, for all the early birds, uh, we want to at least make sure that we give them the opportunity to get this weeknight action in. Anyone, two games on Thursday night. Anyone have a play on Navy Memphis or Georgia Southern South Alabama? Negative. I'm I'm not locking
1: any of it up, but my Twitter tip was the over 49 on Georgia Southern South Alabama. I got it at 48 and a half. It's at 49 and a half now. I, it, I don't like it as much there as I did before, but it's fine if you want to do that. And I also kind of like the under in Navy Memphis, but I'm not locking either
0: up. Okay. Uh, turn, What about Friday action? We got four games. Does anybody have a play?
2: You do? I'm dying to take one, so I'm curious to see where you guys, if you can talk me into one. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, so I'm trying to find stuff that has not moved a whole lot, and one that's only moved uh, a half point here uh, from when I bet it on Sunday is the, uh, the Marshall North Texas uh, over under. So uh, if I look at this, I know my screen is frozen. Tom, what's the best number I can get for the under here? Can I get a six, six and a half still? Yep. See a couple of them out there.
1: Yep, there's plenty yeah, of those.
3: I, so I, um, Marshall's offense has not been very good lately. They still want to operate tempo, but their their passing game has not been very good. I think they'll try to run the ball here a little bit more. North Texas, uh, I think, is kind of done. And uh, I also played Marshall in this game, and I expect them. You know, Marshall first half would also be worth a look for me, but I'm not going to play it at eleven. Uh, I got it at 10, but under here is still a play for me. I really don't trust North Texas offense to put up points.
0: Um, For only the seventh time in the 126-year history of Clemson football, four of the first five games have been decided by eight points or less. In fact, all of Clemson's FBS games have been one-possession games so far this season. And you're going to trot out a 13-and-a-half? No, sir we ride with Dino covering this number. If there's a 14, I'd love it. Cause yeah. that's the, that, that was what I was hoping for. But I, I still think, and I can expand on this. Cause there's like a second and third principle that uh, works in favor of Syracuse. But the first one is like, I don't know. I think Clemson might be cursed to play nothing but one possession games. <laughs> Clemson might win the ACC and it might win the ACC by a total scoring margin of like six points per game. Um, but Syracuse is also built with its defensive line to be able to continue to cause problems for a Clemson offense that has not yet clicked. I, I realize that with the week off, you're you're at risk of having everything come together for DJ Uyunglele for that offensive line. Kobe Pace has emerged as a good running back option with Will Shipley going down. But I still think that that plus, uh, you know, Syracuse's offense, ground heavy, shorten the game. We like Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker are going to be moving the ball and trying to hit some explosive plays. It's not like they are uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, but still that is one where we got a low total. Syracuse is going to try to run the ball and win with their defensive line. Uh, I think that they want to get it to the fourth quarter with a shot to win and whatever, you know, like we know the dome will be electric. like Whatever environment advantage they can have, they're going to try to ride it. So, give me Syracuse plus the 13 and a half. I mean, double digit dog low total. We've, we've said that for years. You can even yeah, take the teams away. Double digit dog low total. Let's go.
1: Do you, do you want the ACC underdog trend? Yes. The update? Yes. Through last week in ACC conference games, the underdog is now 14 and four against the spread because nobody in the conference is good enough to be favored against anybody else.
2: I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and get on it with you. Yes. We did this earlier with Oklahoma. Like, we, you, like at what point can you trust this team from what we've seen so far? Like, you can't go on past history and past success. It's got to be this year. And while Oklahoma may have figured some things out, we haven't seen that from Clemson just yet. The injuries are mounted on the defensive side of the ball where a bye week isn't going to bring somebody back from an ACL. Like, they're gone for the season in the case of O'Brien Brian Brzee. Uh, Clemson's 0 and five against the spread this season. Syracuse coming off four straight covers. I wish so bad this was at 14 because it feel like you have a little bit of protection, right? Like at least like because that's it's gonna be dicey in this position. There's something too about Dabo being able to remind them. Oh, what was it? 2017, the mm-hmm. the time they went to the Carrier Dome and lost in this position. Like I would almost guarantee you. We had these highlight videos, motivational videos you'd watch the night before the game. Like tonight, Clemson's meeting room, to end it, they're going to have like the last thing they see before they go to bed is like all the highlights and then they'll flash up like a score and Syracuse celebrating on the field. Hey, remember, like this is what could happen. So I don't think it's a case of Clemson could overlook a weaker opponent. To me, it's Clemson is not who they used to be. And until I see them go back to that, I don't trust them as this big of a favorite anywhere. I mean, like at home, I don't trust them. I don't trust them on the road at all. So give me uh, Clemson in 13 and a half as well.
1: So, like, is this game just every time these two play in in Syracuse? Does it have to be on a Friday night? Because I feel like that's becoming a tradition at this point.
0: It benefits Syracuse. Like, I mean, that's right. This is the, yeah. the, give us, just give us Clemson on a Friday night, please. Like you can, you can send us to anywhere. You can kick us to whatever regional sports network there is, but give us that national television audience with Clemson on a Friday night. It's exactly what you want.
3: I, uh, I'm gonna go the other way on this. <gasps> a little
1: bit.
2: Fight, fight. We're
3: on the it's top It's kind of aside. like an indirect fight. Like I, I'm more like attacking your ally here. I'm going to play the Syracuse first-half team total under. Um, wow. Schrader got really, really hit in the second half of that game against Wake. And I'm, I'm taking a shot on this that maybe he's not as healthy as, as he could be. Taj Harris also is off the roster, so they lose that explosive capability because he's in the transfer portal, that receiver. So go ahead and give me there's seven-and-a-halfs and, and eight-and-a-halfs. Uh, seven-and-a-halfs more fair juice. Go ahead and give me the under seven-and-a-half Q's first-half team total under in this game i, I think q's is going to struggle to score points against that clemson defense
0: i uh i feel like i shouldn't have even hit the lock fight button <laughs>
2: that
0: was it's like i'm attacking two. your ally i
1: guess
2: yeah,
1: yeah. it's more it's like a lock stray i
2: guess yeah yeah yeah. it's called a that's stray. that's like it's like an nba fight <laughs> not not the '90s NBA. It's the, it's a 2021 NBA fight. Is what that is. Very good call.
0: Uh, on Saturday, we've got an SEC on CBS double header. Uh, it will be 12 noon and the traditional 3:30 time. Our first game of the double header is going to be Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas favored by four and a half. Over under of 54. Both these teams coming into the game after losses. Arkansas with that 52-51 decision uh, against Ole Miss coming right down to the two-point try. Auburn uh, showed a good bit of fight early against Georgia, but couldn't muster anything late as the Bulldogs pulled away for a comfortable victory. Anyone got an Auburn-Arkansas play?
1: I do. Let's hear it. Taking the under 54. I think that I don't really trust the Auburn offense that much, especially on the road. It is still Bo Nix, and I know he made those crazy plays against LSU, and they won the game, but it's not like he played spectacularly. He did not play well against Georgia last week, although I'm not going to hold that against him. And I think Arkansas offensively, like I don't think Arkansas is nearly as bad defensively as they looked last week against Ole Miss. I don't think they're great But I don't think this is the same kind of matchup where Auburn can exploit them the same way that Ole Miss is able to because of the vast difference in quarterback play on both of those offenses. And I do think that Arkansas is going to want to get back to more of its, you know, bread and butter here that it hasn't been able to really do and it couldn't afford to do last week in that shootout against Ole Miss. And they're going to get back to the run game, kind of clock control, fewer possessions. I just, this feels like an under to me.
0: I like it. It, I mean, these the the line of scrimmage run the ball, yeah. I uh, I've got no no hate on that. On the early edge show on Wednesday, I locked up. Uh, oh, I didn't lock up, it, but I I gave out uh, Arkansas minus four and a half as part of a a larger um, homecoming. <laughs> Pick, all the, pick homecoming teams with choice numbers because you're always trying to cover for the boosters, especially if you're a shade under a touchdown as a favorite or a shade over a touchdown as an underdog. But upon further review for this locks pod, I actually ended up thinking that Auburn can keep this to a field goal game, so it's a, a firm no play for me on this one. Uh, the three thirty game, two teams, SEC East on the line. 6 and 0 overall, 4 and 0 in SEC play. These are peers. These are peers and no one else is in the same realm as Georgia and Kentucky. The point spread is 22 and a half. The over/under is 44 and a half. Anybody got a play on the Wildcats and the Bulldogs? I do.
1: It's <laughs> under? No, Georgia minus 21 and a half.
0: You can get a 21?
1: You can't. Yeah, there's a couple 21 and a half out there. All Uh, right. Um, uh, it's it's a simple thing. Like Kentucky fans have been yelling at us this week. They've been in the mentions. They've been vocal on Twitter. They think we hate Kentucky. I don't hate Kentucky. I just don't think you're as good as Georgia. I don't think I think those two things can both coexist in the same uniform. I don't think many teams are as good as Georgia. And this reminds me a lot of the Arkansas game a few weeks ago where an Arkansas team that was more of a one dimensional run first kind of offense went up against the blacks that, you know, the black star defense that just takes that away and says, beat us through the air. By the way, we've got an amazing secondary, too. So good luck with that. And I just don't think this Kentucky offense with the way that it's been playing is built to really be able to move the ball consistently down the field against this Georgia defense. Nobody is. So even if Kentucky has some success, I have a really difficult time seeing the Wildcats getting more than 10 points in this game. And I think Georgia can get into the thirties because it's Georgia. So I'm, I'm going to lay the 21 and a half. It's it's like the same situation as Arkansas, too, in that if Kentucky gets crushed in this game, it's not going to change my opinion of Kentucky. I'm still going to think it's a good football team. I just don't think it's an elite football team.
3: So I played 24 here at Open, and then I realized like Kentucky's two best defensive linemen are probably going to miss the game. And Josh Ali, their best receiver, is also probably out. And I mean... This is one of those where it's like, yeah, I'm going to beat the market, and I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Like, I definitely would not take the plus. You know, I, I Tom, I, I think your Georgia play is probably good. Um, I mean, is
0: Georgia get off the bus and drop thirty?
3: No, that's the that's the one thing is like we talked about in in I think Wednesday show and maybe Monday show. Georgia has really not passed the test when it had to pass in close games. That's the only thing I feel like we don't know about this team. It's an excellent defensive football team. Maybe the secondary, like if they face an elite-level passing attack, we'll still learn about that, which is kind of why I'd like to see them play Ohio State. But Kentucky's defense this year is not quite as good as it's been in prior years. So I, I 24 was a principal play, just taking that number. Uh, but beef, that's, that's not
0: great. It's like they run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball, and then as soon as they get a little bit of wiggle room, now we open it up just to be able to show you on tape that we can do all these things, but it's not the starting point for Georgia's offense is what I think I'm hearing from the analysis.
3: This might be the game where Will Levis looks like the Will Levis we saw at Penn State.
2: I, that's one thing that scares me is I like the under in this one, but I'm worried about Will Levis pick six potential You know, late where you could see some tacked on. No, I mean, like, cause I think they're going to have to try to, I don't think Chris Rodriguez is going to be looking like he's looked against the first six opponents. So I think they're going to have to try to, and we've talked about Will Levis, you know, just chucking it, like just trying to take those deep shots. I don't know. I think it could be up for grabs later. I like Tom side. I like the under, but I'm not going to lock me either one of them up.
0: Uh, the big headline game in the primetime slate, uh, we've got, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the Oklahoma TCU game, uh, the Sooners are at home. It has been a dramatic week in the wake of Caleb Williams replacing Spencer Rattler. We are blacking out windows of the practice facility. We've got student reporters flying in Mission Impossible One style on cables with binoculars trying to figure out ways to give the insider report. I mean, the Sooners are 13 and a half point favorites. Total is at 65. Uh, game's in Norman. Oklahoma home is definitely uh, on the table if you want to go take it. But has anybody got to play in this game?
1: Has Lincoln lost his mind?
0: I think we're learning that Lincoln is a little bit closer to, like, Kirby and, like, some of the other more uh, – Like, I, I read Lincoln from covering, like, I think the like the 2018 Orange Bowl week – I've uh, th- done some Peach Bowl week, like I've done some of those like five day events where you're just around these coaches and these teams every single day. And he can give you that, you know, like, oh yeah, cool. Nah, man, I'm I'm not like tightly wound like everybody else. But now you get a quarterback controversy, and we we're starting to see some true colors uh, so far. I think.
1: I mean, I I understand the position he's in in that. He's scared if he just comes out and say the job is Caleb Williams and he's going to lose Spencer Rattler for good. And they really don't have any else on that depth chart. If, you know, if something happens to Williams and Rattler's gone, then they're going to be in a lot of trouble. But I mean. Blacking out dorm room windows because you're afraid of people spying on your practices when like the entire damn world saw you put Caleb Williams in last week. They saw you keep him in the game as your team came back to beat Texas. Nobody out there thinks Spencer Rattler is going to be starting this week, Lincoln. There's nothing to hide from. Just it's the truth. Rip the band-aid off instead of delaying the inevitable. I will say
3: Bama also does this, right? Like they like there are certain there's clauses in these leases that for the condos that overlook Bama's practice facilities. I, I was in school there when, when these went up, and they're like, you can't be on your balcony between X time and next time. It's that crazy. Is
2: power, unbelievable power. Right. Don't they get, have lease agreements that have clauses in them, so you can't watch practice. That's insane. I, I don't get taken away access
3: from the regular reporters who were yeah. not in, in a public building looking. It's like, wait, okay, so somebody without access watched practice and saw it. So I'm going to take away access from the guys who were playing
2: by the rules. That's just like, that's only going to encourage more source reporting.
3: I'm He's sorry. This.
2: Out, dude. <laughs> this is all, I'm sorry. This is all combustible because of one person and it's not Lincoln Riley, and it's not Tanner Caleb Moore-Cott. Williams. It's the one person that they are terrified of. And we should have seen these signs coming. I've referenced QB1 on here What? Go watch the relay. If you haven't watched it, watch the relationship he has with his backup quarterback. It is weird, and he talks a lot. He treats him like a piece of crap, and like it's just awkward. And if he treated Caleb Williams like that, who I thought Caleb Williams was like, yeah, during the game, clearly he was fired up. But then he didn't go to Big 12 media days either. Are you kidding me? You don't bring your starting quarterback to Big 12 media days to represent your team? That was red flag number two. And this is red flag number three, and there's going to be – like this is a major worry because if Caleb Williams gets hurt and Spencer Rattler is not available, they have a freshman walk-on. That Mm Like is not the scenario you want to be in. There is nobody else on this roster. So all we're seeing is Lincoln trying to cater to what I think is a spoiled brat, like an entitled brat in Spencer Rattler from everything we've seen from him so far. That's what he's given you, and yet – and I'm any other situation. If this was any other quarterback with a little an ounce of depth, they would say, Pete, go ahead, see you in the press portal. We'll go compete against you next year. Who and it's not who called the game for
1: ABC on Saturday? Who is like Her, Herbie, Herbie and Herbie. uh, wasn't Herbie and Fowler because yeah. yeah. I felt like Herbie made a point to mention after Caleb Williams came in and scored on the very first play. Herbie made a point. To mention how happy the Oklahoma sideline and his teammates looked, yes, compared to
2: other times in the game. I talked to Herbie this morning uh, for our radio show. Herbie was on. Herbie's had a lot of Oklahoma access, so you can read between the lines. He was there calling the game against West Virginia when they were chanting Caleb Williams' name. He was there, and he's also covering the game this week. It's not a healthy situation, and especially, like, I, and I don't like. It's just. It is what it is. And I, I think it's going to be something to keep an eye on because I think it could impact Oklahoma's season. And, you know, we'll see.
0: Let you know, this uh, get to 14. And I don't hate the frogs. I, I'm
3: I, with you. I played it at 14. I, 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 I took the 13 and a half. I, I made the number 10. Um, now, I, I do have a play in this guy. I want to say something on the Rattler thing first. Like, it does not make it sense for Rattler to transfer right now. No. He's not going to be immediately eligible somewhere else midseason. And, Even though we love Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams still has a sample set of like 30 passes on the year. He could get hurt. I hope not. He also could get exposed by some of these other defensive coordinators out there that have more talent than Texas does on its defense. And you probably will need Rattler at some point this year. So it would be a really dumb move for him to transfer. Uh, It's also, I think, a good argument for taking a lesser talented program guy quarterback. You know, that in in 20, was it 2012? Jimbo signed Jameis, but he also signed a guy named Sean McGuire, right? And Sean McGuire was never going to be an NFL guy. Like he wasn't talented like that, but he was a depth guy. And I think increasing in the transfer portal era, if you can kind of supplement your studs with somebody who is more of a program guy, who's you know going to go sell insurance for some big booster when he gets done, but has a little bit of ability to play. Um, I think that's going to be very valuable because you know, Tanner Mordecai is starting now for SMU. If Rattler had left, prior uh no big deal we got mordecai backing up right but now he's gone so as you said chip they have the freshman walk on so I, I think for recruiting purposes finding a guy who may not have like legitimate nfl aspirations or at least not immediate playing time aspirations may become sort of an inefficiency to exploit uh in in, in the market here
2: coca that's uh, great, great recommendation sorry. stetson bennett was the perfect example yeah
3: exactly or um remember saban tried to get Minshew a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, and he ended up Washington state at the last minute. Um, I'm playing the under in this game. Mm -hmm. So Evans and, and Max Duggan are banged up apparently, uh, which makes me like the plus 13 and a half a little bit less, Uh, but I I played under 66 and a half. There's still 65 and a half there for me. Uh, So I will take the under 65 and a half in this ball game. I do think Caleb Williams will make Oklahoma run the football more, uh, which could lead to maybe one fewer possession Per side we know tcu wants to try to run the football and uh, i suspect gary patterson even though his defense haven't been great lately will have a little bit of something
1: for caleb williams early on here but it's got three picks in, and they're all unders he's coming from a brand
2: there we go can i hey, say team. one more thing on spencer riley. i know when he gets yeah, the picks. Yeah. i wish i could talk to him because or if i was Lincoln riley it'd be called jalen hurts like you don't need to look that many in a player who's in a similar situation because i think he has another option is to go train in Phoenix, where you know he's from Arizona and say, I'm gonna get ready for the NFL draft. If he transfers or quits and goes to Phoenix, it will kill his draft stock. Like it, you have a lot at stake here if you're Spencer Rattler. If you still have aspirations for the NFL, you almost have zero choice but to be the good teammate, or you could derail your NFL hopes. That's all I would say to him. And I would I would love to talk to him and tell him it. Didn't uh, Sean McGuire beat Clemson after James jumped up on the lunch table? He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, those program guys, <laughs> although be- in
3: fairness, that was basically Eddie Goldman of of, yes. uh, of Tom's Bears, who had like four sacks and two forced fumbles, and then caused the the false start on the extra point. Um, yeah,
0: with like oh, a is that a Kyle it. Parker led, or it was the no, it was Cole uh,
3: Stout. um Cole Stout. Yes, when Dabo didn't play Deshaun. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was
1: ridiculous. Love to see. I'd love to see Eddie Goldman in a Bears uniform more often. <laughs> Is, is he hurt? hurt? Right yeah, he's hurt, but he's just so good. And when he plays, he makes just a tremendous difference in their run. Really defense. smart guy by the way. Like I loved interviewing him and just a total
3: student in the game. He was talking to me about like film he would watch on YouTube that he found a defensive lineman from like the 60s. It mm-hmm. was
0: neat nice. guy to
3: talk to. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good.
0: All right, uh, Tom, uh, honors are to you as we the whole board is available. We got those big headliners out of the way. Where would you Please. like to go?
1: You ignored a headliner. And that's where I'll start. Texas minus four and a half versus Oklahoma State. We have talked about Iowa on this podcast ad nauseum and about the problems that they have offensively. If you look at all the metrics, Oklahoma State's offense is basically the same as Iowa's. But Oklahoma State's defense has been phenomenal. They're not as... But the difference is... Iowa plays like the complimentary football where its offense isn't good, but its defense is able to turn you over like mad and they have awesome special teams. Oklahoma state has a horrible offense and a good defense, but they have a negative turnover differential and they have awful special teams. (laughs) So at some point I can't help, but believe Oklahoma state is going to run into a buzzsaw and, And I think that buzzsaw is Texas coming off a heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma. I think the Longhorns are the more talented team. I think they're the more well-balanced team. And I think that on Saturday, in a game that Texas needs to win to make sure it could stay in the Big 12 title race, Texas is going to do that. So hook them. Give me the horns.
2: Mmm. I so bad want to fight him because I'm so worried about the horns from a – I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm a little worried about the hangover impact of losing a game like that national stage. It's a noon kick this weekend. Oklahoma State's pretty good, but I'm, I am I agree with all your points. There's just something about a flat game for, for Texas. And Casey Thompson coming off his best game yet, 5-0, I'm with you. I think Austin – I think Longhorns should – win. I think they should win comfortably, but there's just something about Big Twelve play and get weird and Mike Cundy, you know, coming up with a game plan. But I'm I'm not gonna fight you because I actually want Texas to be good. I would love to see Texas play again (laughs) Oklahoma. Like so I want to see that scenario unfold. But I think we I, I'll be curious to see how this You going to take
1: that from Clayton. You just go let Clayton talk oh. that stuff. <laughs> Clayton's so. talking that smack.
2: Yeah. I like it. I, I'm in a rough spot here right now. I got to use some. <laughs> I got to demonstrate some self-control and get back to discipline Danny so I can get back to my winning ways. Clayton. <laughs> I uh, says,
0: fight a little him. Gunshot. For those <laughs> on the audio side.
3: I played under 61 and a half. I'll play under 60 and a half here. Okay. This I, I think that both teams will, will, will try to run the football. This is a, a, a tough spot for, for Texas to get off the mat after that, that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm all about these big 12-unders this week, I guess. This is scary.
2: You know what? <laughs> Clayton really spoke to me. Just give me the fight. I'll yes. Fight. 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 Are we really trusting Texas? I don't know if I can trust them to just go out there and dominate and win. This is going to be a Big 12 typical game. It's going to come down to the wire. Give me the Cowboys. Plus five and a half. Is that the best I can get? I can get you. you. Oh, even better. I can
1: get you five. I don't know. Do you see five and a half anywhere, bud? Um, give me a second here. Oh,
2: you know what? All I see is five now. I think it was a yeah. five and a half earlier. All yeah, right, DraftKings says DraftKings is a five and a half. Oh, there we go. Let's go. Um, the Let's middle was a five-point game. <laughs> thank you, Clayton, for the Listen, push over the edge.
0: There's there, absolutely games like this could be twenty-nine, twenty-four. Mm-hmm. You know, like five-point game wouldn't be that crazy. Uh, I there was something about the shot of Steve Sarkeesian on the sideline as everything was becoming uh, unwound really quickly where it was like, you know, the look of a professional golfer when he just can't figure out what's happened. And he's yes. just, like, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I've got no answers for how poorly this is going right now.
2: You know um, what I, I liken it to? Do you yeah. remember when you were playing Little league baseball or sometime when you were playing baseball, maybe you had an error. And all of a sudden, you're out there in the field and you're like, don't hit it to me, don't hit it to me. And then all of a sudden, you get like four balls in a row that are like funny hops, or you got to charge them. It never fails. Like that's the look that I think Zarkad was like, can we just get a stop? Can we just get a play? Like anything. Oh, it's was brutal.
1: I never made an error, so I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> Were you DH? No, I was uh, first, <laughs> Good call. first, third, star pitcher.
3: Oh man, I had to play third in softball. Right? That was, that was uh that's oh my god, a little bit scary.
1: Third base in like a slow pitch or a 16-inch softball game is just hell. Like yeah. I remember the first time I I never played like in a like a you know, I played with friends in school and all that kind of stuff. But I remember I joined an actual softball team in a softball league and we go to the first game. And, you know, I I played baseball, I played third base, and they're like, Well, where do you want to play? I was like, I'll play third. It's, you know, it's my natural position. They're like, Are you sure? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> who cares and then it's like you're it's like you're 60 feet away and it's just some, nothing but 90 mile an hour rockets coming right at your yeah. face for three hours
2: do not like stray and look at anything in the stands you no. like like you bet you're gonna get lit up i was out there for an <laughs> inning i was like you know what i'm gonna move to center if somebody wants to take third
3: we uh we were out of home runs the other night and the team we were playing actually had um had a girl playing third base and she played college softball. Like, so she knows what she's doing, but we were at home run. So I had to hit it down and hard and I just absolutely smoked her. Just stabbed <laughs> me. Got it. Got me. Out. I was like, that's yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though like she's a really, really good player. Like if, if you, if you smoke her at third base, um, you know, you yeah, don't expect so the was, play to be made. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, she got me. That was great.
0: Coming up on the other side, more of our week seven locks next Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You know, um, if you look confident, then – people are just going to treat you differently. And you are going to have your experience, whether it is in a social or business occasion, it's going to be enhanced because you like the way you look, your confidence is palpable, and people are just going to have better responses to everything you're bringing to the table. I mean, we think about getting dressed up for special occasions, but what about the everyday? And and think about how at every level, confidence is just so important. And you can get more confidence by putting together the absolutely perfect outfit, and you don't even need to go to a showroom. You don't even need to go uh, to one of those busy uh, stores where they're just going to take too much time and make you wait. No. There is an awesome opportunity from Indochino for you to get personalized clothing delivered right to you. Indochino offers completely custom fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single piece. Detail. I mean, like every inch of your body, you can get that custom. Every piece is made with your exact measurements, and you can choose everything about the suit. You know, the fabric, the lapel. Do you want it monogrammed? They can do that. Statement linings, anything to create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part, Indochino suits start at just $399 with all those customizations included. Indochino is now open at like Nordstrom stores if you would like to go in to get that great fitting, but you can also go to indochino.com and if you use the code pro- the promo code cover3, you get $50 off of any purchase of $399 or more. Once again, that is indochino.com, I N D O C H I N O.com, use the promo code cover3 at checkout. For $50 off a purchase of $399 or more. Get your custom fitted, confident look now. Indochino.com. Use the promo code COVER3 at checkout. So far, uh, to recap what we've got, Tom is on the Arkansas Auburn under 54 and Texas minus four and a half and Georgia minus 21 and a half. Uh, Chip is on Syracuse plus 13 and a half. Danny also on Syracuse plus 13 and a half and Oklahoma state plus five and a half. Bud has got the Marshall North Texas under 66 and a half. The Syracuse first half team total under seven and a half. The Oklahoma TCU under 65 and a half and the Texas Oklahoma state under 60 and a half.
3: Um, I bet under in every single big 12 game this week on that's Sunday. Just, that's just who you are. It's who either you my are numbers are jacked up or this is going to be like, Hopefully it's windy in, in the middle part of the country. I don't know.
0: What a fun <laughs> position to be in, where you're like, I, I don't know. This is, like I feel, um, I feel like there's I'm something gonna,
3: you could trust. Big 12 defenses are definitely
1: it.
0: It is going to be windy
1: in Austin. <laughs> I'm take a bath.
0: We'll see. Okay. Hey, hey, listen, positive thinking, bud. Come on, <laughs> we 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 got to get this going in the right direction. They all moved in the right direction. I will say. Okay, um, I'll I'll drop a little uh, DK two for one special here. Ooh, what you got? Uh, Let's take the number two team in the country, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and let's go ahead and lay those 11.5 points against Auburn. Not really too worried about any kind of uh, hangover situation against Purdue's offense. I think that the Hawkeyes' defense will still be able to control that game. And on that note, you could guess the other half of the two-for-one special is the under. So I will go Iowa to cover the 11.5. I think the line's a little too small uh, I like that I'm getting it under 13, and then I will also tack on that under 43. I just don't think Purdue is going to be able to score a whole lot of points in this game, and so it's uh, it's the slow uh, the slow suffocation, the boa constrictor wear you down till eventually you look up at the end and and this is a low scoring what 24 to 10. I mean, 10 would even to me sound a, a little a little impressive. For Purdue, uh, based on the way the offense has played so far, and especially the way Iowa's defense has played so far. So I like the uh, the Iowa and also the under.
1: What's, what scares me about the total is that Purdue is definitely the kind of team that could throw a couple of interceptions to Iowa <laughs> and give them some very short fields.
3: Yes, ab- absolutely. They could. Um Chip, so something I did play. Uh, shout out to Chris Felica. He mentioned uh, on his podcast that you know the bear on game day that he he uh, he had heard some, Purdue had some COVID stuff. So I went ahead and fired some shots uh, at the biggest number I could find: uh, Iowa minus 17 half half, plus two hundred. Like I, I'm not going to lock it up just based on COVID, but I figured like some of the alt line stuff. If you guys are out there listening, hey, listen to us live, right? Maybe this moves by the time, but uh, that that can't hurt your cause if, if Purdue has COVID stuff.
0: I had put together, bud, the like just, just in general, I was like, okay, so if you got uh, 51 games between uh, FBS and FBS teams, then that's a 204 normie plays and over 500 deep cut DGen plays for all y'all out there. And you know what? My fi- over 500 calculation did not include the MF I would all have Yes. <laughs> So how many how many potential <laughs> plays are there for people to make if we also include the alt line over 500? Uh, if you want to get in on all your halves and totals and team totals, uh, all down the line. Uh, all right, open
2: board. And in, in, who's who's feeling it? Who wants to jump on it? I'll go ahead. I got a principal play. I mean, we, there's an elephant in the room that's out there. What's going to happen in Knoxville, Tennessee when Ole Miss? comes to town with Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby, high-flying offense going against Josh Heupel. I so bad want to take Ole Miss and say that I feel like Ole Miss is better. Feels like the time, like I saw a lot of Tennessee fans, like, oh, because they were so beaten down and so battered that I thought they had a proper perspective coming into the season, which is something you very very rarely will see in Knoxville. And then all of a sudden, like a couple games, they see some explosive fireworks and I see some a lot of optimism. I see it, and yet I believe in Ole Miss more. But when I see an 82, I think where it's there was an 82 and a half this morning. I think as it sits right now, it's at 82. The principal has to stand. You have to take the under on this one. So give me. Well, the there's under. 83 right now. Oh, even better. Then give me under 83 in Knoxville between Mississippi and Tennessee.
3: I just bet is, it too, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm joining you there on the under. Um, so, I just can't get to this number, right? Tennessee, I think, is my number one tempo team. Ole Miss, I believe, is my number three. And so, obviously, like I take my projection and then I use my tempo factor to mess with the total, right? Which jacked it up pretty high, but still. 83 is a ton. There's only like seven teams in the country, I think, that run this offense. And that's being generous to Syracuse, if you call what they do, offense. And I I do think that they have a decent understanding of what bothers these offenses. And if you don't have the athletes to do that, which neither of these defenses do, I think what they're likely to understand can win it for you is either go completely reckless and try to get turnovers, which – Maybe they'll do, I don't think so, or really hang back, dare the opponent to be patient and try to win you know what I call red zone roulette and i I think at least one of these two teams will try to execute that strategy here, and I mean they could go over sure, but I, I just think eighty three I, I can't get there. I, I made the number seventy eight and a half so this is almost five points off for me.
1: hey chip, hit that latifa I mean, that, you guys have covered all of it. There's principle. I, I know Buds the under guy now, but do
3: you guys I'm,
2: like a side in this one? Does anybody like Ole Miss or do you like Tennessee? Like, I I took like Tennessee
3: plus three and a half. You did. Um, I was listening to some Ole Miss stuff and like, apparently, Kiffin's pretty ticked off at Durkin. So, um, mm-hmm. I also wonder, like, are these Ole Miss injuries going to catch up with them eventually? You know, they didn't. It didn't against Arkansas, although you know, Ole Miss didn't cover. Uh, but I'm. I'm wondering if, if eventually that that catches up they've also played a couple of really tough games in a row that Arkansas game was a battle. they got smoked by Bama this is now they gotta go on the road and face a, a Tennessee team that had it pretty easy last week. um I don't know we'll see
0: all right um I will take us
1: to right, i i I don't want you to do it now, but I'm disappointed in you chip
0: disappointed oh i'm th- that's a That's a competition side of this, right? I mean, if all three of you are locked up, (laughs) you know, I I root for you. I I
2: root for you. And look, personally. It doesn't sound like it. No, it sounds (laughs) like you're rooting against us. Yeah. It sounds like he's in it for himself. I know. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am on this for So then, me. So then you're I, rooting for all of us to lose so that you can gain a notch. That's your whole strategy, which I have respect, but let's just be honest about it.
0: Yeah, I am I always am, am rooting for me first and foremost. Like when, when people are like, Oh, but like this pick that that he made and this pick that they made, those are the picks that are on and those are wrong. It's like, well, that's on you. Like that is not, I don't care how you do with your picks. I care about this competition. And in principle, yes, that's too many daggum points. But um, with the with the Latifah already out there, you know, people understand where the sentiments are. They don't tell him Clayton, sense. Clayton's back. Yeah. Vo- Wait. Oh, listen, li- <laughs> listen, Clayton, come on, bud. Let's let's, let's get your face in that. Uh, let's get your face in that, Abby. And, uh, and then <laughs> and I'll start listening to you, somebody who's uh, who's talking about uh, cowardice. Um. All right. Well, let, let, fine. I'm going to most principal as it gets, even more principal than an under 83 uh, in Ole Miss, Tennessee, is the Northwestern, do it, do it. Northwestern Rutgers under. Okay. This is a don't even show me the number, but I'll take the best number I can get 45. Uh, because we know, number one, that uh, Rutgers offense has does not have the ability to drive the length of the field and score touchdowns with any kind of consistency. And it is arguable if that is even uh, part of the team's recent uh, evidence based on how way, the way we've seen the Scarlet Knights play recently. Northwestern, we know um, it has also struggled offensively. This game is in Ryan field where we know that the grass is going to be ankle high and it's a lot tough. It's a lot tougher to get those explosive plays. And I just, I see this one. Uh, oh, what's our weather? like? How's What's the wind like coming off Lake Michigan?
1: Well, Chip, I'm glad you asked. The tall grasses of Ryan Fields will be blowing through the wind as we'll have 15 to 16 mile per hour winds coming in off of Lake Michigan, settling in over Evanston and blowing balls left and right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? going to be blowing balls that <laughs> hurt yes <laughs> blowing
0: balls northwestern rutgers under lock it up how, how old are we? so
1: <laughs> i'm agreeing i am. lock agreement. to it oh. oh nice not yet
3: i i cannot get there on this show <laughs> but i do have some notes because remember northwestern was off a of bye last week but I put out that call every week, and I appreciate you guys weighing in on this for the injuries, right? What injuries did you see? And a helpful Cover 3 commenter said, hey, three of Northwestern's offensive linemen went out in the fourth quarter against Nebraska. Now, Northwestern does not get a whole lot of media coverage, so I have not been able to find out if these guys are back and good. But I will be watching the starting lineups from whoever. I assume somebody will be in the press box, right? I just, it's my notes left over. Like, if they have a bye week, then I, I port it over to the next cell for the next week.
2: Which if is a great, great irony.
3: Linemen, I'm firing like like under under
1: like this like crazy. Um, it's a great irony that Northwestern, Northwestern doesn't get any media coverage, considering everybody in this industry went to Northwestern, and, and they're <laughs> like, and they're all just like, "Nah, we saw that. We don't care. We don't need to talk about that."
0: Well, the bad news doesn't get talked about because they're all carrying water for the cats.
1: <laughs> true, true.
2: Um, all right, listen, Danny, what? I'm going to give you guys some stats, some trends to look at. From the Cover 3 Locks podcast, I last year I was Gator Danny, right? This year, I am under Gator Danny because I have picked the Florida Gators in their games against Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama to go under in all three of those. Two of them were wins. The Alabama game was a push. It's killed me. Um. Florida this weekend, the total in Baton Rouge is 60. I don't know what we're going to get from the Tigers. I do feel like the people are still kind of expecting fireworks from what we saw last year. This is a different looking offense for Florida. I think they'll be able to establish the run. I think their defense will be able to slow down Max Johnson and that aerial attack because they are not trying to run the football at all. I have no idea where LSU is going to be mentally if they lose this one ugly. I feel like probably after Bama's the time when maybe Elgeron has thrown, thrown the door. Like, Do you want to switch to an interim coach after that one? But I could see, an, I could see a, a lopsided L, uh, Florida win, but I don't see a high-scoring affair. So give me the under 60 in Florida versus LSU. I, I don't know
0: what's going to happen in that game i have no idea a lot of guys out
3: for For LSU. LSU? i I, I played the nine and a half at open here and now it's like what 12 um florida is off a bye i believe or they got vandy last week
2: i I was not trying to
3: like take a
1: dig okay no it's um yeah um this could be they need to score some points yeah. We've got we've got nine separate underplays, not not including like agreements and unities. We've got nine separate wow. unders in nine different games.
0: The uh it's also a gator revenge game. Shoe. It's the shoe revenge. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Marco got Wilson it. forever. Marco Wilson forever. <laughs> uh let's uh, let's throw another under on the card. I will be taking the under in Alabama, Mississippi State. I think that Mississippi State defensively at the line of scrimmage is not going to get bowled over by this Alabama offensive line. And the spread at 17 don't have a, a great feel there just because to me, the trying to handicap the outcomes of a like an Alabama 14, Alabama 21, like I don't think we're going to have an Alabama 24 point win. But so, so, anywhere in between there is just a little bit too difficult when honestly, I don't have a great feel for Mississippi State's offense in terms of what I'm going to get on a week to week basis. The one side that I feel like I can bet on is uh, the defense and that defensive line. And so, you know, we're, we are talking about a game that is going to be in Starkville. We're going to have Klanga, and I think that that uh, Mississippi State defensive front, if it can uh, do a good job of not allowing Bryce Young to get in third and manageable type situations, then they can go out there and get some stops. So those Alabama, the Mississippi State stops are what I think I need to be able to get this to under. So best can I get a fifty-eight? Uh,
3: you can, yeah. South yeah. South Point and Heritage. I'm showing fifty-eight.
0: Okay. Yeah, let me, uh, let me go ahead and get that Bama-Mississippi State under.
3: Chip, I, I played this under 61. I would actually play it under all the way to 57. I, I, yeah, I, I like your side here, but I already have so many plays. I'm gonna, not going to lock it up. Not not going to go agreement to your thunder.
0: I I like to hear your endorsement, you know, the same way that I endorse y'all's unity. But instead, I get called a coward because I'm not going to ride these coattails.
1: Because you're a so coward.
0: I'm, I'm out here providing uh, – balance <laughs> this isn't a 19 this isn't a movie produced in the 1990s about the 1950s where if you call me yellow i'm gonna end up like <laughs> <You> yellow billy coward <laughs> i'm gonna end up making the bad decision that i shouldn't have made and then learn a lesson about how you don't make bad decisions when someone calls you a coward clayton's been very quiet uh recently
3: <laughs> maybe he's finding a profile
1: photo maybe
3: he's oh, i
0: hope so Uh, All right, let's go. I've got one, two, three left.
1: I've got four. Okay. I will go with one of my favorite plays of the week. I'm taking Wisconsin minus 13 and a half against army because army runs an option offense and nobody can run on Wisconsin. (laughs) And that is pretty much the crux of my defense here. Um, Wisconsin's had plenty of problems offensively this year, but they've also played a very difficult schedule to open the season. They've played good defenses to open the season with Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Army's defense is good. Like, metrically, the numbers suggest that it's good. It's just it's also not filled with power five scholarship athletes. It's, it's filled with Army cadets, and I think that Wisconsin, while it has looked overpowered at times, will be able to overpower the Army defense, and I think that the Badgers will be able to run the ball. I think they might actually have receivers find ways to get open in this game too, and I just don't think Army's going to be able to score points on them. And I know that defending an option is difficult, and it is different, but I'm not really worried about Wisconsin's defensive mentality because I think a lot of defending an option offense is just, being tough enough to deal with it Wisconsin's defense is tough enough to deal with it they deal with it every they, they, they play well every single week it's a very good defensive unit Jim Leonard's a very good defensive coordinator I think they smother Army so give me Wisconsin
3: I took the under in this at 43 I think when it opens which kind of correlates with Tom's play obviously I don't think like a high scoring game
2: you know fit fits it's at that. 39 um, and a half right now yeah yeah it's moved give me the that. over Give me the, oh, oh. we need it over. Like I gotta, like we gotta, like we gotta buck this trend a little bit. We can't be all. I get you a thirty-nine, even better. Give me thirty-nine. I kind of want to fight you in this position, like one of those ones. Like, how do you trust Wisconsin against anybody, including a feisty Army team? But I won't fight you. I'm Clayton. Don't try to bait me either there with the comments in there. I'm not going to fight hey, him. Clayton got himself a picture.
0: All right, look, I got to give credit where credits due. I called him out for not showing his face when we have to show our face all the time. So thank That's you, right. Clayton,
2: for uh, dropping the mask. That's right. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the over in this one. Thirty nine <laughs> points is too little.
1: Shout out to Stoneye boy.
2: <laughs> um. All right. What, bud? What do you have left? Uh.
1: Well, I've
0: got. I. I'm pretty much out. I have a couple sprinkles. Okay, um, give me Baylor minus six against BYU. I am uh, well, number one. Baylor's offensive coordinator has a good bit of institutional knowledge about this BYU team since it's former BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Also, the that offense that he's brought in and installed at Baylor has really been having a lot of success. And I think that BYU – I think BYU is a very good football team that may have peaked early. I think its best football might be in the rearview mirror, and I was not impressed by the performance. The result itself of losing to Boise State is not anything that anyone should be embarrassed about. I just didn't think that BYU ever really threatened in that game. And Boise State is a team that if we were going to think as highly – as about BYU as the opinion polls had them in terms of their ranking, probably should have taken care of business or probably should have at least um, been a little bit more dominant in that position against the Broncos. And so I just I go back to the, the rhythms of a college football season and wonder if after coming real hot out the gate, three Pac-12 wins, including wins against Arizona State and Utah, I just wonder if this is a point where they're a little bit vulnerable. Still a very good football team, but I'm getting it under a touchdown against a Baylor team that's pretty hot right now. So uh, give me the Bears minus six.
1: Not locking it up, but I'm with you on the thought process. And like you would do to me, I'm going to root for you to
0: lose.
2: <laughs> Bad blood here in week seven. Uh, all right. Danny, how many you got? I got legs? one. I got one. Uh, all right. You see the helmet? There it is. I'm going back to the well. To my son devils I think it's just still as a pick them right now um I don't know if to, I, I think that's the one of the yeah. lines that I saw yep. um, yeah I can get um, you a pick give me Arizona State to win outright they already lost earlier in the year in Provo against BYU I think that's plenty of motivation I think Utah is a little bit overvalued because they beat a bad uh USC team last week uh I think Jaden Daniels is getting right at the right time I think Arizona State is on a collision course to beat not to beat, to meet uh, Oregon in that Pac-12 championship game. I think they're realizing, and they're starting to realize some of their full potential. I think their defense will have their way against Utah as well. So give me the Sun Devils in Salt Lake City. First big test for Cam Rising, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like that Utah offense has been a lot better since he's been
3: in there, but I don't know how much we really give him credit for the USC stuff because USC is kind of a mess.
1: Shout out to FanDuel who has this line at a half a point in case there's a tie. (laughs) So there you go. If it makes you feel better instead of a pick 'em, I got you Arizona State plus half. All
0: it. right, there we go. Yeah. I feel much better. In case there's a draw, yeah. As, as we say,
1: in case <laughs> the game's called and there's a right. draw, lightning,
0: lightning, <laughs> something. Um, all right, I've I've been trying to bury. These uh, these two, well, one of them because I'm. It makes me really sad. I'm I'm not fantastic. This is my first year of trying to like make my own numbers and tr- trying to really like dig into that process. A lot of it has been inspired by uh, Tom and Bud, who've been doing this for for many years. And I just wanted to like in my own growth uh, here on the Cover Three Podcast and at CBS. I wanted to try. I've got Boston College and NC State as a pick'em, and. I don't I because emotionally I don't want NC State to trip over itself in this position where every NC State fan is terrified based on years of experience of these, you know, weird road trips and ACC play where you just go and and drop the ball entirely. But if I can, can I still get the three here? Boston College plus three at home in a spot where
1: I get you three and a half. I will take the
0: three and a half. Um I will go. Uh, I will go. Eagles, and it, again, it it'd be disappointing for NC State to follow the very familiar script. But the this isn't even necessarily about the recent years, but even in, in this season, this is the first time NC State has gone on the road since they laid an egg at Mississippi State. Like that's like we only have one example of NC State on the road this year, and uh, and it was NC State showing up and delivering a performance far far below uh what they have shown when they were playing at home and uh yeah i my numbers say that this is a, I had this as a pickem so that's three points of value and that's a that's a fire on the system plays the system plays are okay you know slightly above 500 as you might expect but um boston college plus 3 lock it up then the other one from uh from the local angle uh north carolina miami under uh i think that North Carolina's offense has been, you know, woefully under-delivering on, um, you've got the Virginia game, you got the Georgia Tech game, they lit it up against Duke early, but even went into a shell after about the first half or so, had a really, really poor performance after establishing the lead early against the Blue Devils, and at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to buy that uh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke is going to lead this, uh, this Miami offense on some you know, up-and-down-the-field you know, shootout kind of win. I don't hate Miami plus the points, but more than anything, I just think that a lot of ratings have the North Carolina offense a little bit too high, and this game ends up being uh, a little bit more of a slobber knocker than you might have thought, especially given the way that the Tar Heels scored last year in Coral Ga- or in Miami Gardens.
1: You don't so, hate Miami and the points. I like Miami and the points. I'm locking up Miami plus seven and a half against North Carolina. Mm.
3: So I bet Miami plus seven, so I should lock it up. But after reading some of the reports midweek about how many guys maybe missed practice there at Miami during the bye week, and uh, Manny Navarro, I know uh, who I know from covering high school down here for a while, said he expects a lot of dudes to potentially hit the transfer portal. Uh, In the coming weeks, like I wonder who's actually playing for Miami. So I played the over in this at 61 and a half on Sunday, and I took Miami plus the seven, and now I feel like those are both not things I would still play. Uh, Yeah, uh, I
1: believe. I don't know. I believe in North Carolina's defense still being bad.
2: The Manny Diaz uh, comment about opted out of the season was not received well, I'm sure, in that locker room, and it wasn't by Derek King either who quoted opted Question mark, and then quickly erased it, but it was gone. It was out there too late for them to scrub it. Um, I got one. I don't know if this is is a sicko mode play, but I think it probably could. Have you guys noticed uh, that Shane Beamer, head coach at South Carolina, when he's playing against Georgia and he gets beat, he says, did you see all those five stars out there? Oh, my gosh, this is the best defense we've ever seen. Did you notice what he said before Tennessee? Oh, this offense is the best offense. Maybe they're, they're explosive. They have so much firepower. He's, he handles it really well because then your losses don't look quite as bad. What does he say against Vanderbilt? Because you really don't have any excuse. You are supposed to win this game and win it handsomely in your backyard. Are we really at a point? Give our guy Barton some credit. Where you can trust South Carolina as this big of a favorite against anybody Give me the Vandy boys, 18 and a half point fa- uh, underdogs in Columbia to cover more. Come on. The ghost of Barton Simmons <laughs> still rides here on the Cover Three podcast. We were aligned last year so much till the end. I think they're going to keep this one close. Not close. Nice guy. Not <laughs> closer That's than Shane 18 Beamer. and a half. Nice guy.
3: There's a couple teams in that region this week that I feel like if they can run it up, will. Because they know they won't have the opportunity to do so, and Shane Beamer's offense is getting absolutely crapped on, like everywhere for good reason because it's terrible. Uh, I think, it, like, if they have the opportunity, this might be the one SEC game where they can score some points. Like, so that scares me a little bit in this one. I also think North Carolina, right? Like, that's kind of why, like, like the uh, what's his name, the, the OC there who sends all the DM graphics to all the Longo. Phil
0: uh, Longo, yeah.
3: Long yep. Like, I mean. He kind of operates independent of their defensive coordinator, right? If they can run it up, again, on Miami, I think they will try to do so. So, like, that's –
2: I don't know. It will be interesting to watch these. There's also so many games a year that I think Vanderbilt really feels like they can be competitive in too. So this might be a game for Vanderbilt to feel like, hey, we got a chance in this one because they don't a lot of times.
0: So there's a couple – if if you were to, like, look at all the um, conferences, you've got a Colorado-Arizona game. That, we're like, that doesn't quite qualify as sicko mode, but it's got a lot of like South Carolina Vandy flavor to it where we are seeing the some of the worst teams in some of these conferences finally end up staring each other down for a Thunderdome moment here in Week 7.
1: Colorado-Arizona is the bottom 25 game of the century of the week. So,
0: <laughs> Do you have an angle on it?
1: I uh, we we oh, might perfect. in a little bit, yeah.
0: Ooh, okay. Oh really? Okay. So what huh. all right, uh do we have any more picks before we turn our attention to the line sprinkles? Okay.
1: <laughs> I've got two. I'll be quick because we are kind of running long. Uh I'll start with I'm gonna take another under in Michigan State, Indiana. Uh, I feel like this is a spot where michigan state losing is a little too obvious like i think we all expect the spartans to lose at some point and it's like oh this is a game where it could happen indiana feisty tom allen the hoosiers what they've been able to do i think that's a little too popular so i'm going to stay away from that instead i'm going to go with the under here because this game kind of reminds me of when michigan state played nebraska a few weeks ago like nebraska's defense was able to limit the overall explosiveness of a michigan state offense that has been like remarkably explosive, far more explosive than you ever think Michigan state's ever had a right to be. But also I'm not entirely sure how sustainable it is. And I think they will be able to at least limit Kenneth Walker, which limits the Michigan state offense. And I think Indiana can do that. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think Michigan state will win, but it's more of like a 24 to 21 kind of game in my eyes. And it will be like a 27 to 24 game. And then my other lock, I am taking UCLA plus two and a half on the road at Washington. I just Washington's offense looked good for a couple of weeks against a couple of real bad defenses and now it's kind of gone back into just well, sicko mode, I guess is a good way to put it. And I, I think this is a UCLA team that it's obviously it's not what we thought it could be at the beginning of the year. It's not as good as we'd hoped for it showed signs for but i still think this is a pretty good team with a pretty good quarterback and a pretty good offense that will be able to move the ball somewhat against washington and i'm not entirely sure washington can score enough points offensively to cover this spread maybe not even win the game so ucla plus two and a half i'm very obviously rooting for you here tom mm-hmm. i know it's important to you
0: oh you have to the pack 12 south all right Let's turn our attention to those money line sprinkles. So, to recap money line sprinkles, uh, last week Tom cashed that Virginia plus 116, uh, took a loss for West Virginia and Memphis. Uh, Chip cashed Virginia as well as UMass getting it done against UConn, uh, lost on LSU at Kentucky. Danny. Cash Boise getting it done against BYU. Uh, Losses were Nebraska, Rutgers, and LSU. And then Bud uh, lost on FAU plus one sixty five. The right now on the season, everyone is profitable on the money line sprinkles. Tom is ten and seven, but with a nine point nine nine units positive tally uh, Bud is six and seven up 3.95 units chip is eight and nine up 2.46 units Danny is seven and ten up 2.1 units so Tom what's which boy are we sprinkling
1: I've only got two this week I bet we teased it a little bit ago I'm taking Arizona plus 198 this is simply just kind of like a Colorado not good enough to be favored by that much over Arizona this isn't really like my numbers are telling me that this line is way off or anything like that it's just do I think Arizona can win this game roughly you know 33% of the time yeah Colorado is not a team I'm trusting to win two-thirds of the time here so give me Arizona plus 198 and finally my other one is Air Force plus 155 against the Boise State team coming off a big win over BYU I think I think that offense could give Boise some problems
0: all right. Air Force trying to, uh, trying to get hold of that Mountain West Mountain Division, uh, trying to get a, get a leg up. All right. Give me uh, – I don't have the prices, so I apologize, and I will lean on, um, I'll lean on y'all for this. But what am I going to get for the Alpha Nerd uh, at home against Texas A&M?
2: <sighs> I see well, a plus
0: 280. Uh,
3: yeah, 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 I, I got it. a plus 280 for you here. Yeah. I right, know a plus 290 as well.
0: Yeah mm. this this it this is an it would be hilarious. It um, would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh it's
2: boy,
0: just the ebbs. and that's why I don't want to lock it up because this is the true spirit of the money line sprinkle where Missouri either wins this game, moves the ball on Texas A and M's defense, which might come in a little bit napping, and and Missouri somehow after being poor defensively for most of the season, including against the run, can't keep a good Texas A and M uh, running game in check, but. Missouri still hasn't thrown a haymaker. I don't think we've seen Missouri's best football yet. Maybe my expectations are too high for what this team's ceiling is, and I should have readjusted it by now. But I do think that plus 280 is enough value uh, to be able to, to ride with the Alpha Nerd to get the outright win 11 a.m. local time uh, there in Columbia. So give me Missouri. And in that primetime game, I don't like the vibes what can I get for TCU? <laughs> wow, uh,
1: TCU, I can get you plus four forty. Four forty,
0: yeah. Jeez. yeah, so we're going with nearly double digit dogs for both of my money line sprinkles. But uh, but I, I think that that's it's closer to the. I'm, I'm already up, you know, a couple units. I can I can, I can lose <laughs> a couple for the potential cash out here. That thought uh,
1: process has never gotten anybody in trouble before. <laughs>
2: All right, uh, let's go. Danny, what are the sprinkles? All right, speaking of wouldn't it be hilarious, I mean, you you want to – I can't do it. I can't do it because Mississippi State just beat Texas A&M. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. I, I can't do it. That would be too hilarious. That's a little too long shot for me. Uh, give me Auburn uh, against Arkansas. Uh, I like Auburn this week to win out. Right. agreement. There we go. All right. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I, I think it. Bo
2: Nix is playing better. I mean, I, that, I thought they played actually really well against Georgia. I still think I was on the right side of that one, getting 15 and a half. Uh, and Bo Nix was complaining about the officials on that one uh, pass interference before the half. I thought he was right on that one. But, hey, Georgia's a better team. I've seen more. I'm a little bit worried about Arkansas coming after that devastating loss. Their defense, I thought, uh, showcased some uh, some vulnerabilities. So uh, give me the Auburn Tigers. Uh, there. What's the uh, what's the number I can get it at? One sixty-five. Uh, I got a one seventy here. Oh, uh, two uh, of that actually, actually. Whoa. all right. The other one I have. Uh, the ACC Coastal. The, what is it? The Wheel of. I don't know, is there a wheel of fortune aspect to it? Like just the wheel of destiny they used to be on ESPN. The wheel of destiny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, the wheel of stupidity. Uh, Virginia Tech playing against Pitt at home in Blacksburg as a five point underdog. I like the Hokies. I mean, I think this, this conference is an absolute disaster. I think there are a lot of good teams, but I don't trust anybody on the road as a five point favorite. So give me the Hokies at home. And then speaking of swinging for the fences. I have to have one in here too. For like, I don't have house money. I'm trying to get catch-up money, which is the worst spot to be in. But I didn't want to fight Tom on this one. So I'll just go ahead and I'll take the shot. Because Army has played in the last several years Oklahoma to the wire in a game that nobody saw because it was buried on some uh, sub- uh, pay-per-view uh, yeah. service that no one got to watch. Almost beat them a couple years ago. Michigan, they had beat <laughs> And they had beat in, the, in, uh, in Ann Arbor. They were going to beat the Michigan Wolverines. Come up just short. This is the week Army gets it done. How do you trust Wisconsin from what we've seen from their offense? I know Army's got a backup quarterback. They've been playing like three quarterbacks all season long. doesn't matter who it is. That triple option, it's different than your traditional run game. I think they're able to have some success. I think there's going to be a lot of points. We probably took the over before. Give it to me. Give me what the Black Knights to, to win outright. Come on uh but you got auburn already
0: on the board uh any other money line sprinkles
3: i only had one last week Uh, i actually like quite a few this weekend uh so give me oklahoma state plus 180 i think they that's a winnable game for them um give me wyoming plus 150 i think they can run the football effectively on fresno Uh, i already bet the under in that game hayner was actually in a boot uh, last weekend during the bye week so maybe he's not Hundred percent. We will have to see on that. Give me. I already bet this, uh, and it's actually gone against me. Uh, so I'll take a little more. Give me Minnesota plus one fifty five. Um, I, I can Nebraska get off the mat again? I don't know. Minnesota in my rankings. Obviously, I think you have to adjust for the Bowling Green loss because they do have that in them. But their other games have not been that bad, you know, and. Kind of their like median performance suggests that they're probably a little better than their overall ranking because they lost outright as a 30-point favorite uh, to Bowling Green. And then I've got a big one. Okay. Give me the fighting Justin Wilcoxes 435 to go on the road Friday night in Eugene and take down Oregon. I do not trust this Oregon team at all. Uh, I think wow. this should be like plus 370. So let's go ahead and hit the big one. Wow. I already bet this plus 14.5 as well. So. Oh, wow.
1: That's, I mean, I don't think that's impossible at all. It's just that is going to be, if Cal does win that game, I can only imagine how absolutely awful of a football game that is going to be. Like, think about,
3: should any team in the Pac-12 be like no vig line minus 450 over another team not named Arizona? No, probably not.
0: Are you going to stay up for it? No. Okay.
3: What time probably does it not.
0: start? 10. 10.30 Eastern on a Friday. No, because i got a late
3: night on Saturday anyway. I'll probably be in bed.
0: What are they doing? Yo, Oregon's going to lose and not fall in the polls.
2: No so one's going to realize it. I'll be watching it. They still beat Ohio State. Keep oh, that's right. Are you 10. doing studio
1: duty on Friday night for the I'll network? I'll be
2: watching it up oh against San Diego State, San Jose State. So make sure you flip it around a little bit. We'll get a post-game recap about 2 a.m. Are you calling that game? Do you know if, uh, if, no, if uh, what's-his-name is it. back for San Jose State? I'm in studio for it, so I don't know. I haven't oh, talked crap. to the coach. Hit up Amanda.
0: Anything. She's doing Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. good call. Amanda Guerra the GOAT. She'll I will, hope... uh, oh, we've
1: got to have Amanda do a sideline report from one of the cranes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Can we get, yo, that's right. You already said let's bring in all the old construction cranes it's because homecoming. it's home, it's homecoming in San Jose. <laughs> so I want all of the construction cranes from old graduating classes to roll up together. I, i like it uh to review the the locks right now tom his week seven card is auburn arkansas under 54 texas minus four and a half the under 83 in Ole miss tennessee northwestern rutgers under 45 georgia minus 21 and a half wisconsin minus 13 and a half michigan state indiana under 49 miami plus seven and a half ucla plus two and a half Chips got Syracuse plus 13 and a half. Iowa minus 11 and a half. Iowa Purdue under 43. The Northwestern Utkers, Rutgers under 45. Old, Bama, Old, Mississippi State under 58. Baylor minus six. Boston College plus three and a half. And the North Carolina Miami under 63 and a half. Danny's got Syracuse plus 13 and a half. Oklahoma State plus five and a half. The under 83 in Ole Miss, Tennessee. The under 60 in Florida LSU. The over 39 in Wisconsin Army, uh, Arizona State plus a half in case there's a draw, and Vandy plus 18 and a half against South Carolina. Bud has the Marshall North Texas under 66 and a half, Syracuse first half team total under seven and a half, the under 83 in Ole Miss, Tennessee, the under 60 and a half in Texas Oklahoma State, the under 65 and a half in Oklahoma TCU. For sprinkles, Tom is on Arizona and Air Force. Chip is on Missouri and TCU. Danny is on Auburn, Virginia Tech and Army. And Bud is on Auburn, Oklahoma State, Wyoming, Minnesota, and Cal. Woo! Let's go. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. If you subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast on YouTube, smash that little bell for notifications, then you will find out before anybody when we are going live officially on Saturday night for the instant reaction show to recap all of the day's events and all of the weekend's events. So make sure that you go and do that subscribe wherever you get your podcast as well. And give us uh, that five-star review. We are filling up the mailbag. We tackled a bunch of questions earlier this week on Wednesday, we will do so again next week as well. Uh, so leave us a five-star review, put your mailbag question in there. We will add it to the big old bag of mail. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.